Good morning, church family. It is so good to see this sanctuary once again filling up. I do not miss preaching to empty seats. I will say that right now. So welcome to all of you. This morning, we will begin the home stretch of our study of the book of Ephesians, a study we began back on January 5th. Now, although we are often encouraged to finish a race with haste and to run quickly and with pace and as fast as we can, pumping our arms and gritting our teeth, we are going to do the very opposite the next couple weeks in Ephesians. In fact, you might even think we are moving at a snail's pace as we read about and study and meditate on the whole armor of God today and over the next six weeks. And you may be sitting there thinking, six weeks? Man, that seems like a lot. Dedicating one whole week to the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and each piece of the armor of God? Why? And it is because, as Paul pointed out in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, brother Christian, sister Christian, the days we are living in, they are evil. And I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone as we are living in a time where just this week in Pennsylvania, a man in Philly was charged with murder after police found a woman's body wrapped in a garbage bag. In Berks County, a father was charged with murdering his 11-week-old daughter. Overall, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to see that the days are evil, and brother Christian, sister Christian, we are living in them. And yet we are called not to be deceived by them, not to be swept up by them, or to follow the ways of them, but instead to stand firm against them. But how? How do we stand against this evil? How do we stand against this evil enemy? And who exactly is this evil enemy that we are to stand against? And that is what we will be looking at today and considering in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 13, which takes us to our thesis or the overview of the sermon today, which is this. Christian, in order to withstand the evil schemes of the devil, we must rely on the strength of our Lord's might. Christian, in order to withstand the evil schemes of the devil, we must rely on the strength of our Lord's might. Again, our text this morning is Ephesians chapter 6, and we're in verses 10 through 13. So let me highly recommend you open up your Bibles this morning and follow along in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. The Apostle Paul, he writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for Jesus Christ and his redemptive work on the cross. Lord, we thank you for your very word that you have given to us. We thank you for the gift of the church and the opportunity we have to gather and worship you this morning. Father, you are on your throne. You have conquered sin and you have conquered death. And yet the world we are living in, in the here and now, the days they are evil. And yet, Father, you have given us the whole armor of God so we can stand against these evil days, relying on your power. Father, I pray that we as a congregation, we do not run to secular psychology, we do not run to sociology or anthropology or any ideology that is out there. We run only to you, Christ that we rely on the strength of your might to stand firm because you have already defeated sin and death. Father, I pray that you open the eyes and the ears of this dear, dear congregation. Soften their hearts to receive your word this morning. Father, I pray that my lisping, stammering tongue, Lord, that I be truthful, that I be bold, that I be convicted and humble in sharing your word this morning. Father, it is our ultimate honor to worship you. And I pray that what we offer this morning is a fragrant sacrifice to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first of two points this morning is this. Point number one. Christian, in order to withstand the evil schemes of the devil, we cannot rely on ourselves or the world's philosophies, but we must rely on the strength of our Lord's might. Christian, in order to withstand the evil schemes of the devil, we cannot rely on ourselves or the world's philosophies, but we must rely on the strength of our Lord's might. Verses 10 and 11. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now this is where in the text things seem to get real. And what I mean by that is for the past three weeks, Paul has been describing that if Christians are to be who they are called to be, or if Christians actually act like Christians, ideally then husbands would love their wives and wives would submit to their husbands. Ideally fathers would not provoke their children and children would obey their parents. Ideally bond servants would obey their earthly masters and masters would stop their threatening. But this entire section pertaining to the full armor or the whole armor of God, it almost seems like Paul's admission or his recognition that husbands, they don't always love their wives well. And children, they don't always obey their parents well. Or masters, they still may threaten their bondservants. So in essence, it's almost like Paul is saying, look, brother Christian, look, sister Christian, I get it. Your relationships, they are not always ideal because the world we are living in, it is sinful. It is depraved. It is evil. It is messed up. It is upside down, groaning in the pains of childbirth, waiting with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And because of that, Paul's saying, you Christian who are in this sinful world, who are being 
being pulled by sinful temptations and who are part of broken and far from ideal relationships, this is what you must do in order to withstand and overcome the evil that is surrounding you in this fallen world. Which is, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. And why is this critical? Simply because we are weak in ourselves. Church Ephesians has told us over and over and over again about who we now are in Jesus Christ. But in order to understand this new identity in Christ, we must also realize or we must also grasp who we were outside of Christ or before faith in Jesus Christ, which was Titus 3, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Now, church, that doesn't sound like someone who can rely on themselves or their own strength or their own wisdom or their own righteousness. That sounds like someone who is dead in their sin. Therefore, since it was God who took us from death to new life, by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, Paul actually prays early on in this letter that his readers would know and fathom and be enlightened to, Ephesians 1.19, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Because that power is, in verse 20, the same power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Thus Paul's saying, why would you ever rely on your own power. Like what, are you crazy? Rely on the Lord's strength and his might that is a gifting and a blessing to you. And the result of that, relying on God's strength and not your own? Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to his power at work within us. Which takes us to the next question, why? Why do we need to be strong in the Lord, Christian, in the strength of his might? And the answer, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Or verse 13, withstand in the evil day. Or Ephesians 4.4, that we not be like children who are tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Because instead, we as Christians are called to stand against the schemes of the devil, to withstand in the evil day and stand firm in and stand strong in the Lord. And you may be sitting there thinking, but how? How do we be strong in the Lord? I mean, you see the world, Wes. They hate Christians. They hate our doctrine. They hate our beliefs. They hate the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Thus, how can we stand firm at a time like this? Or you might also be thinking, I want to stand firm, but at times I just think how much easier life would be to just let go, to get swept up by the world. I mean, I don't want to, but it is a real temptation, Wes. Thus, how can we stand firm on the rock Jesus Christ? D.L. Moody, he shared this story about a man who was training a greyhound for a race. 
With much confidence, the man placed a large bet down that his dog would win the race. But the day came and the dog didn't run at all. And the man was so mad that he took the dog to the zoo and he pushed it through a cage with a lion. And he screamed, that lion will make short work of you. But the dog ran right up to the lion as though it wanted mercy. And instead of the lion eating the dog, the lion began to lick him. By and by, the man called to the dog to come back to him, but the dog would not come. Then the man put his hand in the cage to reach for the dog, and the lion began to growl at him. Now, when the zookeeper came around, the man wanted him to get the dog out of the cage. So the zookeeper asked him, well, how did the dog get in there? But the man was too ashamed to tell. So the zookeeper said, if you put him in, you better go in and get him out yourself. But the man was too afraid to enter and went home. Church, like the dog, we are no match for Satan Satan in and of ourselves. But if we run to the Lion of Judah, he will always protect us. The question is, Christian, are we like a dog returning to our vomit over and over and over again? Do we run to the world in secular psychology to try to change our sexually immoral thoughts? Do we run to the world in secular sociology to determine how we should engage culture or function within the culture? Do we run to the world in secular anthropology to try to change our lustful behaviors? Or do we run to stand in and rely on the strength of the Lord when we come up against the evil schemes of the devil? Because you see, Christian, you you have no choice. You are in the battle. You are in the battle versus a foe who is more powerful than you, more experienced than you, and more cunning than you. So do you clothe yourself in your own knowledge, in your own strength, in your own power, or do you put on, meaning actively dress yourself daily, head to foot in what God has provided for his children to withstand the devil's attack, which is, verse 11, the whole armor of God. Now, we are going to spend the next six weeks looking at each piece of the armor of God. And today kind of serves as an introduction to that. But I want you to leave here today knowing that in order to stand against the evil schemes of the devil, church, we cannot rely on ourselves or this world. We cannot rely on the media's definition of sexual immorality or lack thereof to decide what we let our children watch. We cannot rely on our political ideologies in order to remove the bias or the racism or the discrimination from this world. We cannot rely on the world's social philosophies to determine how we are going to live our lives as Christians. Instead, we are to rely on the Lord and His strength by taking up up the whole armor of God in our daily spiritual battles. Thus, when Satan tries to deceive you with the lies of the world, church, we must gird ourselves in the belt of truth and preach to ourselves over and over and over again the truth of God's word. When Satan seeks to tempt our minds and yank us off the narrow path, we must clothe ourselves in the breastplate of righteousness, living as a new creation in Christ. Because if we abide in God's word, 
Lord, we are truly his disciples. And when Satan attempts to bring confusion and uncertainty into your life, you have shoes given by the gospel of peace and can stand in peace knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? And when Satan aims flaming arrows of doubt at your soul, church, you must protect yourself with the shield of faith, believing and trusting that that no matter what happens in the here and now, God, he is still on his throne, and he works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And when Satan attacks your hope of eternal assurance and says, you are too much a sinner for even Jesus to save, we must put on the helmet of salvation. And as John Bunyan wrote, we can yell back to Satan that he has no idea how much a sinner we actually are, and yet our salvation is secure via the blood of Christ. And when Satan tries to assault our minds, our thoughts, our hearts with the foolishness of this age, brother Christian, sister Christian, we can fight back with the sword of the Spirit, the very word of God, thus long and crave and thirst for pure spiritual milk, the very word of God as communicated in the scriptures, so then we can mature and grow up into our salvation. Church, when your soul is downcast and depressed and struggling to stand firm in the ways of the Lord, as the winds of deception and evil and depravity beat and blow against you like a hurricane, do not rely on yourself. Do not rely on this world, but run to the Lion of Judah and clothe yourself in his armor, and he will give us the strength we need to resist the evil schemes of this evil one. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you yet that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Church, Be strong in the Lord because he has promised the work he started in you, he will bring to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So in point number one, we tackled the what. What are we to be strong in? We are to be strong in the Lord. We tackled the why. Why why must we be strong in the Lord so we can stand against the evil schemes of the devil? And we tackled the how. How do we stand against the evil schemes of the devil? By putting on the whole armor of God, which takes us now to the who and brings us to point number two, which is point number two. The Christian life is not a battle against flesh and blood, but a battle against the spiritual forces of evil. Again, point number two, the Christian life is not a battle against flesh and blood, but a battle against the spiritual forces of evil. Verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, you might be sitting there this morning thinking, huh? Huh? What do you mean we as Christians don't have physical battles or physical enemies or physical threats? 
West, there are literal terrorists out there posting videos of themselves chopping off Christians' heads. West, there are couples making announcement videos out there about aborting their child. West, in Iran, they are raiding churches and sentencing Christians to prison. In China, they are closing churches and jailing pastors. What do you mean this battle we fight against isn't a physical battle? And what Paul means, as Tony Morita put it, is that behind these physical battles... There is another battle. There is an unseen, a cosmic, a spiritual battle also taking place in which we as Christians are engaged in. And Christian, it is against, verse 12, the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, although there is some ambiguity or some vagueness here concerning these aforementioned evil offices or evil forces and exactly what each one does and where each one would rank in the quote-unquote evilness hierarchy, if you will, it is clear that as mentioned in verse 11, the devil, he is strategic. He is schematic. And he has at his disposal different evil minions or demons who are unique and sophisticated and ranked and organized and like a military, they are ready to swiftly and cunningly attack at a moment's notice. And make no mistake, brother Christian, sister Christian, they are powerful. They are evil and they are dangerous. And our worldly, fleshly weapons, they stand no chance against these evil beings in a spiritual war. However, Paul's goal here in sharing this, in, this information, it isn't to scare you, Christian. And it isn't there to assist your preparations in knowing what to do if an evil ruler comes out against you as opposed to an evil cosmic power. But again, and I will say it over and over and over again, Paul's goal here, the theme of this text, it is to get Christians to run to Christ. To get Christians to rely on God's power when the face of evil comes knocking at their door. In John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, the main character, Christian, learned this lesson firsthand. When after he defeated one of Satan's minions, Apollyon, he ventured to a place called the Valley of the Shadow of Death, where the pathway was dark and very narrow. It reads, on one side there was a deep ditch, and on the other side a dangerous swamp. Christian was afraid and took one small step after another very slowly. Screams filled the air. Flames and puffs of smoke shot up all around him through the creepy fog. It was more frightening than anything he had experienced so far in his journey. Christian also realized that he couldn't fight this danger with his sword. So he pulled out another weapon called All Prayer. He prayed, O Lord, please deliver my soul. A pack of wild beasts appeared before him, and they looked like they might tear him to pieces. So he yelled, I will walk in the strength of the Lord. Sound familiar? At that, they backed off into the darkness. Then he heard a voice 
behind him, whispering crude and bad words. Was it the wicked ones whispering the horrible thoughts, or did the words come from his own mind? Oh, how troubled Christian was to think that he could have such terrible thoughts against the Lord he loved. Christian was more confused and discouraged than he had ever been in all of his life. And yet up ahead he heard another pilgrim saying to himself, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then Christian looked ahead at the path before him, It was full of even more dangers and traps, pits and holes. But Christian began singing, Christ's lamp shines on my head, and by his light I go through darkness. And he confidently pressed on. Now church, how is this possible? To confidently press on through the valley of the shadow of death. Church, it is possible by relying on Christ no matter the situation. Trusting that if God is for us, who can be against us? Brother Christian, Sister Christian, think about it. If Christ has already won the war, then who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who is to condemn? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thus, we are not to be strong in ourselves. We are not to be strong in the world. I am not strong in West. Ricardo isn't strong in Ricardo. Ken isn't strong in Ken. We, as Christians, are to be strong in the Lord, clothed in the Lord, fitted in the armor of the Lord. and relying on the Lord for the spiritual battles we face. Remember, it is only by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved and receive the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us so that we can stand our ground against evil. Therefore, church, by the blood of Jesus Christ that made you new creations in him, stand firm because no matter what Satan and his evil forces throw our way, please know we can always cry out, thanks be to God who gives us victory in Christ. Oh, to God be the glory for our victory in Jesus Christ. So as we close this morning, I'll begin by addressing the non-Christian who is here first. Non-Christian, I think we can all agree whether we are a Christian or not a Christian, that again, the days, they are evil. All it takes is one Google search, and the first three headlines read, Father charged in Michigan fire, six-year-old shot and killed by father, Monroe mom kills four children. I mean, these are some serious evil spiritual forces that are out there. And we are in the midst of it. Thus, non-Christian, if you are sitting there thinking this morning, no, no, I'm not 
going down with the world. I am not going down with these evil days. I mean, I see it all around me. I am literally living in the city of destruction, and I want out. Thus, what must I do to be saved? Non-Christian, I have good news. Because we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession, zealous for good deeds. And what I mean by that is Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, he came into the world. And even though he was truly God, he still took on human flesh and was born under the law, just like you and I. But unlike us, a people who were lawless and sinful and corrupt and depraved, Jesus Christ, he is perfect. And he followed the law to a T, keeping the law righteously and never sinned. And because of his great love for his children and his devotion to his Father's eternal will, Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. He was our substitute, and he bore the wrath that we deserved. He died in our place on a cross, atoning for the sins of his people. But being that he is God, and he never sinned, and sin and death had no claim over him, three days later, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death, and reconciling God and man together for those who trust in Jesus Christ. Thus, non-Christian, let today be the day that you repent of your sins and you trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can forgive you of your sin and the only one who can reconcile you back to God forever. And today will be the day that you will be strong in the grace that is Jesus Christ. You will be a new creation cleansed by his blood, clothed in his righteousness, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and ready to stand firm in the Lord now and forevermore. Let today be the day, non-Christian, that you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and today will be the day that you are saved. And to the Christian that is listening this morning, brother Christian, sister Christian, I realize some of you may be sitting there this morning thinking, Wes, I believe in the Word of God. And I know Jesus Christ has already won the war against Satan, and I know I am in Christ and that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, and yet I don't feel like a conqueror. And too often I shamefully, I doubt the power of our Lord, I doubt the usefulness of this whole armor of God, and I doubt God's ability to help me stand firm against these evil forces. What do I do? If this is you this morning, then lovingly let me point you to the power of Jesus Christ against these spiritual forces as displayed in the scriptures. In Mark chapter 5, after Jesus showcases his power over the natural world and he calms the storm, he comes to the country of the Gerasenes. And the story goes like this. It says, when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there he met with him a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit. 
In Luke's account, it also says that this man wore no clothes. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. So Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. Church, in this story, we have a man with an unclean spirit. Or as the story indicates, a legion of evil spirits tormenting him. A large, large, large number of evil spirits tormenting him. And then Jesus Christ arrives on the scene, and in an instant, as John Calvin writes, a great multitude of devils were suddenly driven out of him. And the demon-possessed man who started the story among the dead with no clothes, unclean, out of his mind, and cutting himself, is now, after one encounter with the power of Jesus Christ, no longer amongst the dead and the tombs, but he is now with the living. No longer is he naked, but now is he, now he is clothed. No longer is he unclean, but now he has been cleansed. No longer is he out of his mind, but now he is in his right mind, and no longer is he crying or cutting himself, but he has been healed. And he goes away in verse 20 proclaiming how much Jesus Christ has done for him. So church family, when we read Ephesians 6 verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, please be aware, Christian, there will be particular days and particular weeks and particular seasons that will be especially tempting. They will be especially grueling and especially evil when we as Christians are violently targeted by Satan's forces. But in those days, in order to withstand those evil attacks, we must trust in Jesus Christ, the one with the power to not only drive away the evil forces, but the only one with the power to save by taking up the armor that our Savior Jesus Christ has all already worn. Verse 13, the whole armor of God. We must clothe ourselves in the belt of truth. We must protect our heart with the breastplate of righteousness. We must agilely avoid Satan's traps with gospel shoes. We must defend ourselves with the shield of faith. We must secure our minds with the helmet of salvation, and we must fight. Oh, must we fight with all of our might using the sword of the Spirit. 
Thus it is my prayer that we as a church body see to it that no one takes us captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition. Lord, that we don't rely on our own ideologies or our own merit, that we don't rely on our own wisdom or our own money. Instead, Lord, help us to stand in you. Yes, the devil, he is more powerful than man is. Yes, he is more cunning than man is. Yes, he is more experienced than man is. And although in this world, even as your children, God, we may face trouble and temptations and tribulation, Lord, we can take heed today and forevermore because you have overcome the world. And from you, Christ, comes deliverance. Deliverance from sin, deliverance from death, and deliverance from succumbing to the evil evil schemes of the devil. Therefore, church, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground in the Lord because everyone born of God overcomes the world. Thus, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, now and forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I have a burden on my heart for this dear flock. Lord, as we see on TV stations and social media and our computers and the internet, the chaos that is all around us, Lord, let none of your children be swept up. Father, we are called to rely on your strength, on your word. Not what society's doing, not what society is saying, but on you and you alone. Father, we are going to look different from the world as your children. But I pray, Father, no matter what temptations, no matter what tribulation, no matter what trouble we face, Lord, that we take heed, that we take confidence, because knowing that you have overcome the world. Lord, we will be able to stand our ground because of the power and the grace that you have given us. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Thus we pray for this grace, Father. Help us to stand firm for your glory because you have overcome this world. In Jesus' name, amen.